It's Thanksgiving, so we thought we'd celebrate by commemorating the best part of the holiday. The leftovers. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. Today we are talking about the leftover games of Fall 2020. Some of the games we haven't had a chance to talk about on the show, like Demon Souls, NBA 2K, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Maddie Myers. And we are back for another episode. Hello, my (laughs) friends. And welcome back to Triple Click. And hey, if you like Triple Click, you know what else you would like? Becoming a (laughs) member of Maximum Fun and therefore supporting. I think you would. I think you would like that. Triple Click. If you become a member today, you will get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes, including the one we are about to put up next week, which is a spoiler cast, a Beans cast on Mel Brooks movies, three Mm -hmm. movies in particular, Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein. Um, But you can also go back and listen to Beans cast on Horizon Zero Dawn and Final Fantasy VII Remake and all sorts of other cool stuff. Last of Us Part 2. I was going to say, you could listen to us all. Last of Duty, Modern Warfare. Lots of takes about The Last of Us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, in order to subscribe, in order to become a member, you can go to maximumfund.org slash join and sign up there. Yeah. Also, I think people should do that. I do, I too. Do people should definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Also, as always, you can reach us at triple, triple click at maximumfund.org, and you can sign up for the Discord, our official yeah. Discord chat, which is thriving, at discord, <laughs> discord.gg. Slash triple click pod. And there's a link for that in the show notes too, of course. Yes, fun times. Okay, so all that said, um, this week we decided to do something a little bit different. So for this segment, we are going to get into, we are going to get down and dirty <laughs> with the games of this fall because we realized there are a ton of games we've done. We've talked about a few of them in One More Things and we did a triple play on Assassin's Creed last week. But there are too many games for us to handle, like in individual episodes. So this is going to be the big uh, uh, super sampler. Like you know how you go to a diner and you can get like an appetizer sampler that's like a little bit of the wings, a little bit of the nachos, a little bit of the jalapeno <laughs> poppers. This is this is that episode. Let's call this the the appetizer sampler of fall <laughs> video games. Sure, that, is, that, that makes sense fair. to me. That's kind of how I felt playing all of these games too. First of all, before we get started, quick disclosure, all of these games, um, unless otherwise noted, all of these Mm -hmm. games that we're about to talk about, we have gotten codes for, we've gotten for free from the publishers in question. So just keep that in mind as we are discussing them. Um, So first of all, I want to talk about something that is kind of a follow-up to something we've been talking about, which is the next-gen consoles. So as you guys know, I have been playing uh, both the PS5 and Xbox Series X for a few weeks now. I got them both early from Microsoft and from Sony. And, almost a um, month, right? I feel like you've been yeah, you've almost had a month these for I've a while. For yep, yep. Um, and my original reaction, my, my initial like gut response to both of them was, wait, like there's no need to get one now. These consoles will be here next year. Don't fret if you didn't get one because they're impossible to find. Or if you don't mm-hmm. have the money for one, don't worry about it. Don't stress. But I will say, I kind of expected that I would be playing them both for like the review period, and then I would just kind of jump right back into the PC. But I have been using the PlayStation Five a lot, and I've been—it's become—it's becoming like I wouldn't say my default platform, but like it's becoming so nice to use for a variety of reasons. Um, and one of those reasons is that it has Demon Souls on it, and 
Man, <laughs> I've become obsessed That's with Demon's PC, so. Souls, which is the PS5 exclusive. This is a PS5 remake of an old Atlas PS3 game. And while I hadn't played it really before writing the review, because uh, they sent out co- codes for that, Sony sent out codes for that just like the day that the console came out or the day before the console came out, um, I've recently started jumping yeah. into it. And man, it is brilliant and beautiful and super satisfying in the way that Souls games are, that that Soulsborne Sekiro games are, where like you get to a new level and you learn it and you explore it and you eventually get mastery over the level and then you fight the boss and you throw throw everything you can against the boss over and over again until they finally fall down. Um, so This is the, the original. You, you described this as an Atlas game, but that was published by Atlas. This is a From Software game. And this yes, is the of course. Of course, from it's a From game. Software game. Um, Miyazaki, the genius. It's, it's really the original Souls game because this came before Dark Souls and the Dark Souls trilogy and it came before Bloodborne. This was kind of the original of this, this era of from software, although it was inspired by some some older older stuff like Kingsfield. Um, yeah, I'm but looking yeah, forward to the I mean, Kingsfield remake. The Kingsfield remake, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really really like it. It's funny. There's a lot of I've played Dark Souls three in the past, and there's a lot of Dark Souls Demon Souls in Dark Souls three. So coming back to this is kind of an interesting interesting transition. Um, but yeah, I mean the structure of it is really cool. It's very nonlinear. You can like go between a bunch of worlds in any order you want. So if you get stuck on a boss and one place you can just go like somewhere else and try that for a while which i've been doing um there's uh it's gorgeous it's like one of those games that is like oh man like this this ps5 can do some really cool stuff and keep it running at 60 frames a second the whole time um you see like dragons flying in the air and they look ridiculous they're just like this like there's one area of the game that's an island a stormy island and it just looks incredible um yeah i've just been really impressed and really enjoying my time with this game um i don't think either of you have played it right i haven't i I wouldn't i I played some of the original appreciate it the way i'm sure kirk would if he only had a ps5 i don't know if you care yeah i'm curious about whether this since this is the only game on this huge list that we have that i'm not able to play because i don't have a ps5 (laughs) i'm actually curious whether when you either fall out of love with this game or just beat it if you'll keep playing the ps5 only because like cyberpunk is going to come out and that's probably Mm going to run better on pc and etc and then like what even is there so um that this game is the game certainly hearing you and and some of our souls fan friends talking about it makes me think oh this would be fun to play um even though i know that i don't have time to play it because these games just take so much time <laughs> to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it looks great every time I see footage of this game on Twitter. I think, wow, that's a that's a very handsome video game. <laughs> yes, um, I just played through this stage, this world that was like this prison, this like gothic prison full of like. Cthulhu tentacle monster guards mm-hmm. and like different like you go through it's it's a maze it's structured very cool in a very cool like intricate way um, and you can open each cell as you find keys to open each cell and some of the cells have items in them and some of them have these prisoners that might attack you or might not and there's a lot of just cool stuff that it does with this game um, yeah I mean t- 
to your point, I have was also playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla for a while. I played that at first on the Xbox, then switched to the PS5 because I prefer the PS5 controller. And normally I would be playing a game like that on PC because it runs at 60 frames a second on PC or more than that on PC. But because it's running at 60 frames a second on the PS5 and the Xbox, it, I was I just stuck with that. Um, there are also some things I really like about the PS5 and just a quick digression because I want to get into more games. But I really like how snappy it is to get into games. It feels much faster than lo- like loading a game from my hard drive on my PC. Um, I really like that it can be in suspend mode, so I can put the PlayStation in rest mode and then just like jump right into a game, which was also true of the PS4. But because everything loads up so much faster than the PS4 did, it just feels a lot, a lot quicker, a lot snappier. Um, and then the biggest thing is just the the controller, which just we've talked about uh, in the past, and just has all these uh, all these bells and whistles that I'm I'm still not sick of. Still, just feels very good in my hands in a way that other controllers don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been playing other games on the PS5, Bug Snacks, for example, which is ridiculous. Um, Kirk, you were playing a bunch of this too, right? Yeah, I've played through the, uh, like an hour or so. I'm playing this one on PC, and uh, it's good. I hear it is weird, and it goes unexpected places, and I haven't had a whole ton of time to get to it, but I do appreciate the fact that it this game gave us the bunger, and that bunger, I bunger, bunger. say bunger, <laughs> bunger, bunger, bunger all the time. And and then that alone has been, you know, this, it's enriched my life, if if I don't even go back to it. But I do, I do expect that I'll go back to play it, just because I like this kind of game, like this kind of a puzzle game where you have to figure out how to manipulate multiple like live elements, like AI driven mm-hmm. things and trick them. It's sort of why I like Hitman games and Emergent Sims and it has that quality in addition to being cute and charming and funny and all of that. Yes. Um, Maddie, are you interested in Bug Snacks at all? I am, but it is not a game on this list that I have played because this is a long list of games that we're about <laughs> to get to. Yeah. Well, I just, I wanted to bring up Bug Snacks because it's another one of those, those games where it's like, I could be playing on this MPC, but I'm playing it on the PS5 and I'm just drawn to the PS5 and it yeah. has all this haptic feedback stuff the, and it works really well. The controller stuff, like it's sounding like a, a camera when you click the button, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. When I play Bug Snacks, I will play it on the PS5 for that exact reason because yeah. The controller rules. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, curious yeah, yeah. about the drivers they've, or they're like, Steam has added support for it, like whether there's mm-hmm. going to yes. be universal support for that controller on PC so that in the future when people play Bug Snacks on PC with a uh, DualSense controller, they get all those bell- bells and whistles. And I guess yes, we'll I think have that to would see. be, yeah, that would be like one of those things where it's like, oh, yes, the PC remains like the best place to play everything. Yeah, that or it would have. be one of those things where like, here's a weird, like half edited stub Wikipedia post that explains the only games right. that do work with it when half of them don't and it's this huge pain in the ass you know like yeah we've been playing games long enough to know how this will or this will possibly go yes 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 um maddie you would also like about pug snacks that it has a lot of like really good queer relationships and like that's uh, what i hear yeah fun fun characters i I really like kids game will do that these days Mm -hmm. and it does it in a very like it's very it's it's not very on a scale from like the most subtle storytelling to like Overwatch, it's like it's it's on the side, it's on the, the subtle spectrum, and it's handled okay. really really cool. Um, Got it. What, are, Maddie? What on this list are are you playing? Are you into? Well, I was just playing some Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, and this is my this first game. Yakuza game, Ooh. and. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm only a few hours in, which is the case for every game I will talk about on this episode. Mm-hmm. These are this is 
the king of episodes where we're all only a few hours into a video <laughs> game and we're making grand pro- proclamations. It's a super sampler. It's it is. you just take you take a couple of wings here, a couple of poppers here. I'm loving it. So so Yakuza is, is like the peeking duck uh, on the sampler because that's mm. what the characters have, have just tried and failed to get. In the, they're in very the into peeking playing. duck. It's true. They are, and they yeah. Made can me you explain a little bit about what this <laughs> yeah. game is? So it's a huge open world game. It's part of the Yakuza series, which is a series of games that are basically Japanese soap operas but open world games really really long cutscenes and very weird quests and mini games and you just walk around a huge city and experience life as a a yakuza as a gang member and you're <laughs> you i don't know i so this one has ichiban who's a new protagonist for the series i'm not familiar with any other yakuza game so ichiban is the only guy i know and i love him he is pure and overly excitable and gets angry about dumb things but is extremely endearing as a character so far which is from what i understand the type of cocktail that many yakuza protagonists yes. and characters have and I don't know. It's it's fun and funny and sad. And I think that sum- also sums up the vibe of a lot of Yakuza mm-hmm. in, in that it is about male feelings but not in an annoying way <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. i i'm digging it i don't i don't know if i'm gonna be able to beat it though because it's a huge open world rpg and there's so many other games on this list that are also huge open world rpgs that have pacing problems i mean these are all the complaints i've heard about yakuza like a dragon is like oh it's gonna drag there's gonna be a whole bunch of extra quests that you have to do to get past a certain point you have to earn a whole bunch of money at a certain point in the game hard to imagine a video game being too long i know (laughs) i'm just already looking ahead to that but until then i'm really enjoying walking around you guys ever walk around in a game instead of running i'm really digging that in yakuza it's it just feels like the closest experience that i can have to walking around in an actual city i was doing Mm -hmm. this in assassin's creed valhalla a bit just walking around but yakuza is set in a modern city so walking around and like i have surround sound in my living room because i'm really cool and like feeling the city noise around me i don't know it was really hitting the spot for me i did this once i had a whole concept that i was going to do where i was going to walk all the way around grand theft auto 5 and i did most Ah, of it like that highly recommend doing that it's incredible Mm. if you go really slow because of especially the sound the sound design in that game is wild and then you just hear and see so many things yakuza has a similar thing where you're walking by a store and you hear the the background noise of the Mm -hmm. store like karaoke bar restaurant Mm -hmm. whatever and you just feel everything around you all the time and people talking it feels amazing so yeah Yeah, i always associate it's funny it is a big open world game but it is not big in the way that grand theft auto 5 does just comparison point is i've always thought of yakuza as a very rich and dense series and i played zero i didn't finish it these games are hard to finish they're very long and they Mm -hmm. always reach a point where you're kind of like wow <laughs> we're still going <laughs> where you're like i get it <laughs> yeah and like there there tends to be or like you know extraneous plot elements sort of like you're mentioning hearing about in a like a dragon but yeah mm-hmm. i started it as well and i can tell i need to just block aside some time to play it because it's it's really a life sim it has that kind of persona quality where you're just yes. going around in this little part of town you know, meeting everybody and engaging in all these little side quests and like it makes this rich little neighborhood that you're a part of. Um, and I, yeah, I, I'm really digging it too. The detail, it's just such an interesting aesthetic mix of old fashioned where, you know, these games started on the PS2 and there's always these elements that look 
outdated. But then there will be some graphical thing that's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. I think I was talking about Twitter was there's this animation early on where the protagonist eats a piece of bread. And Mm -hmm. it is the most incredible bread I've ever seen in a video game. He like puts it in his mouth and then pulls it and the bread like pulls apart in this perfect little spiral and you see like the like fibers of the bread tearing and it's just ridiculous where sometimes you're playing the game and the animations are really stiff and everyone's just sort of you know it looks sort of old so it's just this really cool mix of extreme detail and sort of old-fashioned video game aesthetics and i really Mm -hmm. like that about it and also this game is turn-based we should at least mention right that it's instead of the other ones are kind of a beat-em-up yes it is which is different from other yakuza Mm -hmm. games i i have no point of comparison but it it is like a party-based rpg Mm -hmm. like you recruit people over time it's real-time turn-based like you're moving around and it's like mario and luigi or something it's not real time like there's turns yeah, there's well, turns. Well, it's real yeah. time in the sense that you can still move around while you're doing your turns as opposed mm-hmm. to yes. like... But if you haven't like hit... Like standing in a line, like Dragon right, Quest. Right, right, right. But if you haven't like hit the block button, for example, you will get right. attacked and you can't hit it partway through. You, ha- you mm-hmm. have to decide if you're going to guard or not or attack right. or not. Which is, like Kirk said, very Mario and Luigi-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so uh, real quick on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we went in-depth on last week. I finished it since last week, oh. um, which is why I've been think? playing a bunch of Demon Souls. S- super fucking long. Man, that game is way too long, as I said last week. But, yes. um, We're but, aware you so, how, what, what was your playtime in the end? Do you remember? Well, it was like 60-something hours. So this is to complete exactly. all the kingdoms and the order. and the- So, okay, so, so there's the main quest, the kingdom's quest, which I... Did and then that has its own ending, and then there are a bunch of other things you can do afterwards, like epilogues almost. And then there's also the supernatural side of things, the the Odin stuff, um, which I couldn't actually finish because I hit a game blocking bug in it. Like no. I mentioned last week, this is one of the buggiest Oof. games I've ever played. Yeah. Um, and there's like a quest that I can't actually do because I left this one area in the middle of the quest, the mitten or something. And if you're playing the game and you get to Jotunheim, don't leave the mitten in the middle of a quest. But anyway, I left it, couldn't get back in. Apparently, it's a known bug, so I can't actually finish that part of it. But I looked up what happens because it connects to the whole thing. And the way that it works is there's one main ending that kind of makes more sense if you played through the supernatural stuff. So I actually Mm -hmm. recommend playing through the supernatural stuff before you beat the main kingdom's quest and see what happens at the end of the game. Um, It's pretty pretty good. It's pretty mind-blowing, especially if you played old Assassin's Creed games. Um, There's some stuff in there that ties into the old stuff and then the other whole third thing is just like assassin's creed odyssey there's a whole order quest line where you have to go around and assassinate members of the order um and that that is fun the ending of that is kind of disappointing i mean it's cool it's it's just a little underwhelming compared to the ending of the last games quest line but yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to get too in depth on that game oh yeah i will yeah, say can i just game. add that i'm really liking the structure i think this one has taken mm-hmm. a really cool structure in the Every, I've done a bunch of kingdoms since we talked last week, and each one is a great little story. They've all been yes. really good. And it, it feels like I'm reading a short story collection of different sized short stories. And this game, I'd say more less so even than Odyssey, just does not really feel like it has an overarching story. I know that it does, but it's very backburnered. And so they really can focus on these individual little short stories with the same protagonist cycling through. And, and it's working for me. I'm, I'm really liking a lot of those kingdom yes. stories. Which is very much like a normal Nordic mythology Viking story type thing, like having these little sagas and adventures mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it lends um, itself to yeah, an open the, world game. 
the the overarching story does get a little more intense towards I'm, the end I'm, though and I'm sure. it gets really interesting um yeah great game i wish it wasn't so buggy but i guess that's the the problem with having to launch alongside a console in the middle of a pandemic um yeah a couple more games i wanted to talk about first of all there's a game called 13 sentinels Aegis rim have either of you guys played this game i no. haven't but i edited a story about it at polygon about all the spoilers so oh, no. i know <laughs> i know the twist ending and it mm. sounds really freaking cool and i'm yeah. a little bit sad that i edited that story because i would like to play the game i will not say what the twist is because i kind of wish i didn't know it <laughs> okay so i played a couple hours of this game a while back when it first came out this game is only on because, playstation 4 we should so say it's only this on ps4 so, yeah. so this is a new game from vanillaware who are the makers mm-hmm. of like dra- uh, dragon's crown and like uh odin sphere and a bunch of like action beat-em-ups this is a visual novel combined with like a real-time strategy game so the real-time strategy game part of it is very weird and feels nailed down and like not nailed on like tacked on and like not very interesting the visual novel is really the the highlight of the game but for me like playing the first couple of hours the prologues of the game the characters all kind of blended together they throw all these characters at you at once i couldn't tell them apart um because they all have i mean to my american sensibilities it's just a bunch of japanese names and they can be a little complicated to remember if you're not used to remembering japanese names and they all just kind of like like none of them stood out to me that the way the way that like a Danganronpa which does the same thing throws a bunch of characters at you at once with Japanese names but like makes them all memorable this game did not do that so I was pretty underwhelmed but then I started seeing people I respect giving it all this critical acclaim our buddy Chris Plant it's become a huge cult favorite Maddie's boss, mm-hmm. Chris Plant, says it's like the it. best game of the year. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should give this another shot. We also got a couple of emails from listeners about it. So I'm going to give this game mm-hmm. another shot. Um, I'm going to play it on PS5 because it's backwards compatible. Um, so you can just play mm-hmm. it right on there. Um, I'm going to play it too, even though I know what happens. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm sad that you you had to spoil yourself, but such it's is okay. the, it's okay. the downside it's of being fine. a video games editor for Polygon.com. <laughs> no, every now and then it happens. Um, I also wanted to tell a funny story because I've been checking out the sports games on next-gen consoles because those are always a good way mm-hmm. to see like the ultra-realistic graphics and yeah, sweat i played a little bit of madden we both Ooh. did it's not even on this list but we you had talked about that joke where a character is like you're not playing with enough heart and then uh-huh, the other character uh-huh. is like i have a congenital heart defect which honestly like <laughs> so ridiculous that, that dialogue exchange alone should skyrocket madden nfl 21 to the game of the year like it's already Agreed. great it's already perfect Agreed. Uh, you don't I've need to play the game come, anymore after you get to that we've come a long way from long shot uh the the mode that you and i both liked um we really did. gone downhill since then um so yeah, yeah so there's that i was playing some Madden. and it's fun i was playing some nba 2k 21 um which also has like a my career mode where you build your own player and take him to the top um i named my character uh debrickashaw goldberg because i really like uh just the, i really like the name debrickashaw after my favorite jets player debrickashaw ferguson and i felt like he should Excellent be jewish name. so it's a debrickashaw goldberg um, sure and so so i have him playing in this my career mode i'm skipping all the cutscenes, so i have no idea what any of it means or what it, what's happening but um <laughs> but it's really fun to play i don't know if either of you have played a 2k game or like the my career mode but what's really fun and addictive about mm-hmm. it is that like as you're playing you will be 
instantly graded on how well you perform. If you take a bad shot, you'll like lose points. If you take a good shot, you'll gain points. You make a good pass. Mm. You you set up an, a, a teammate with a, with a good screen or something like that. Or you play defense well, you'll keep racking up points. And it can be really gratifying to play like to get those endorphin that endorphin rush of like watching your your players grade climb up uh, climb up the ranks as you play. It's pretty cool. Um, but sadly, the announcers. I guess part of the plot is that your player is the son of some other well-known player so the announcers call you junior the whole time which is sad because i wanted the announcers to call my guy debrickashaw goldberg like i feel like he deserves that um Mm -hmm. and it looks good too looks realistic and yet another game that has like the haptic feedback controller stuff on the ps5 i've got to say oh yeah i bet um kirk what about you what are you playing from this list anything you want to talk about um, I have been playing some Spider-Man Miles Morales mm. uh, on PS4. Me too, me too. Not on the PS5. <laughs> That's right. Uh, though I'm sorry I'm not, for laughing. I'm not sure if the copy I have will work on PS5 if I eventually get a PS5. That stuff is always so confusing. Yeah, I don't know if that has a free upgrade or not. It's extremely complicated because there's like backwards compatible. It doesn't matter. And... Less interesting for our listeners than anything else. Um, yeah. I like it. It's It's... It's it's a good game. Um, it's really charming. I guess we should say that our friend Evan Narcissus was a story consultant on this game. We had him on the That's podcast true. a little while ago. That's right. And uh, so I guess that maybe biases me. I don't think it does. Um, I, I like the <laughs> game. It's fun in the same way that the original Spider-Man game, uh, Insomniac's PS4 Spider-Man game, is fun. It's also like not totally my favorite thing for the same reasons. It's really just I don't love combat in these games. It's good, but it's not Arkham good just because mm-hmm. there's just a but kind it's of spring- kind of similar. It's very That's similar. Why you're doing but, the comparison, but I'm there's sure. such a springiness to it, um, and yeah, it's clearly influenced by Arkham because it's so counter-heavy. Um, it's so about mobility and building up combos that same way that Arkham does. It's just Spider-Man is so fast and fights are spread out over such large spaces that a lot of the time you're dealing with ranged attacks coming from places that you can't see because the game is having to tell you with this little line that you then dodge. There's just there's something to that rhythm of like flying around that just I never quite get in the pocket. And it's partly me. I'm sure that some of those people who make those montage videos on Twitter are incredible at this and whatever. But like for me it just doesn't that doesn't feel right. But then anytime this game just lets you swing through the city, it just feels like a miracle. It feels like the friggin' like second coming on my PlayStation. I'm sitting there just being like, this is the thing that I would show anyone who wanted to see how cool video games look now. I would just be like this is a video game that you're watching. And you're right not now. even playing it at 60 frames a second. That's it, pretty. I wild. think this game is actually fine at 30. Honestly, like I really do. I think the original one was as well. That's because you haven't tried it at 60. <laughs> no, I played a lot of games at both. Um, I feel the same way about Horizon Zero Dawn. We've talked about this. I really think that it's well, it's well engineered for 30, and it runs with really smooth frame pacing, and it just, it works fine. It looks like a movie. It's good. It's it's easy to play. Yeah, I've heard the PS4 version of this game is great. It's just so like anybody the last who's one. listening and doesn't have a PS5 which is probably most of our listeners. Yeah. You should still enjoy this video game. Yeah. I hear it's quite good on PS4. And Miles is so cool. The story's the story is so great. It's so charming. Well, he's so not yeah, cool. That's, that's the charm. Is that he's so <laughs> he's not cool. He's adorable. <laughs> oh, I mean yeah, I mean cool in the true in the true meaning of the of the yes. word. Yeah, yeah. No, very fun game. Have you you guys haven't beaten it yet, have no. you? No, no. I, only a few hours, Jason. That's the thing with this Sampler show. Platter. Can we just say really quick how freaking cool the first 
two hours specifically are yeah. in Spider-Man Miles Riding Morales. Riding Rhino, yeah. It's so cool. Like, they mm-hmm. do shut you into a tutorial mission kind of a dealy after you complete that, but it's so rare that I play a video game where you feel that good that quickly yeah. and also that powerful, and they show you how to do each move as you're doing this big, splashy cinematic fight. Like, playing the, those first couple hours, I was like, I'm sure this game is going to let me down eventually, but <laughs> this freaking rules. Like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. I'm like charging through a mall on the back of Rhino and like dodging people and then While saving a Spider-Man baby in a stroller. And is then like, like other Spider-Man is my buddy and yeah. he's helping me out. And then there's like a dramatic thing where maybe he's something bad is going to happen. I don't know. It, it just ruled and it like had the pacing of a movie that you play, which is like what these action games always freaking promise you, but it mm-hmm. almost never equates to that in any meaningful way. And I really feel like Miles Morales nailed it. Even if the rest of the game is not that great, I'm like, well, they got the first two hours. Like, they really it. reminds it. me of, um, there's the one sequence in the in the original Spider-Man where you're chasing that helicopter, and then eventually you have to, like, you knock the helicopter down, and then you have to catch it in between those two buildings as it's falling. And it's just another like one of those, like, outrageously cool, like, multi-step set pieces where you're, like, going down the streets, chasing something, and then you're fighting on the outside of a helicopter, and then, like, mm-hmm. it's like a cinematic, seamlessly going to gameplay, and then a quick-time thing as you, yeah. like, fall, and it's, you're just like, oh my that god! Good like, shit. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, I ag- agree. That whole Rhino sequence was just gangbusters. It was so good. Yeah, it rolled. The contrast between Miles as this like brand new Spider-Man to Spider-Man in the first game where he was like a veteran and had been doing it for five, six, seven years mm-hmm. um, is is cool. And yeah, really fun story and interesting. I also haven't finished it yet, but I will at some point. Yeah, it's not super long. So yeah, of I the like things on it. this list, it feels pretty achievable yeah, to I me. Like, I'm like, it. yeah, I can probably knock that out this week at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So that's great. <laughs> I want to talk a couple about a couple more games that we haven't actually played. One, there's a new Call of Duty. It features Ronald Reagan. Um, <laughs> Star is yeah, Ronald Reagan, actually. All about Reagan. It's called yeah, Call of yeah. Duty Reagan. Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Could you Finally. imagine if you played as Reagan? What if you had to play as Reagan and, like, navigate his the dementia? The mods are coming, and, man. Like, <laughs> people are going to make those mods. Can't wait to see Reagan doing some shit. Do you ever shit. play as Reagan? Where, in one of the zombies modes where you play as the presidents, I think that maybe you do play as Reagan. I feel like JFK was in the original he was in, I don't know was if you played Ops. as him. Sounds about right. You did. I think you he did. was just there. No, oh, okay, you played cool. as... There's, like, in one of the zombies mode, I think, in Black Ops. I played this, and I don't remember this, but I'm sure I played as JFK. But it's important that video games not be political <laughs> well well call of duty has not made that pretense as you well know i would Jason. actually say that playing as like nixon that's and true. jfk and reagan in a zombies game is actually not players. political it's actually <laughs> true, yeah okay. it's actually apolitical or no it is political it's just centrist i like i don't i don't know what it's saying it contains political <laughs> figures <laughs> Um, Bing! Kirk here from the future just wanted to say that in Black Ops Zombies you could play as JFK and you could play as Dick Nixon you could also play as Robert McNamara and Fidel Castro. You could not however play as Ronald Reagan Also I want to take the opportunity to mention a game that I forgot to mention on this episode but have been playing a little bit of called The Pathless which is Giant Squid's new game and is pretty cool. It's like an archery game where you you fly around really quickly and shoot little targets and you have a bird that you can pet and uh, it's a nice game. So just wanted to mention that game because we're doing the sampler platter, but I left a crucial little chicken nugget off of the sampler platter. Okay, back to the show. Bing! Anyway, none of us have played that, though I kind of want to. 
And also, mm-hmm. none of us, Maddie, I'm surprised that you have not I played know. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which is a brand new Kingdom Hearts game. That's like a rhythm music game, right? It's like which, a music. Yeah, it is a rhythm game. Apparently, it's a pretty fun rhythm game that has Kingdom Hearts recap cutscenes sprinkled throughout it. For As a, no but there's real new reason. Kingdom Hearts cutscenes also, right? Barely any. Oh, barely, barely any oh, at all. Okay. That's so not, not a good available. reason to play the game at all. Fair enough. So, okay. I will it's, say it's not high on my priority list, even as a Kingdom Hearts <laughs> fan. It's fair uh, enough. It's probably fun, though. I hear it's fun. I will say I really enjoy the theater rhythm Final Fantasy games for the 3DS. Those were really fun, like rhythm Final Fantasy I games. I couldn't get into those, but I know you liked them. Yeah, I mean, you mm-hmm. have to like be really into the Final Fantasy games and the music and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like the actual like similar vibe. rhythm game gameplay wasn't doing it for me. One other game that we haven't talked about on this show is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. <laughs> I've played some of those. Prequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, it is a Musu game, which means it's like a Dynasty Warriors style slashing giant mobs of enemies type of game. And I don't really have a lot to say about this because I played like two missions and was like, this is so friggin' boring. I do not want to play anymore. Um, Kirk, do you have do you have more thoughts than that? I I mean, it's not really my kind of game. I didn't find it boring. I thought it was crazy, kind of. I mean, it's like a game, well, like one of my favorite games of all time, Breath of the Wild, now has this prequel game built in the same, with the exact same art style and the same characters set as like a prequel slash maybe parallel timeline thing or something. And then Ooh, there's all this like just, it feels like really fan servicey from the very beginning in a way that, <laughs> I don't, and I, I just like, characters that were like beloved really minor characters in Breath of the Wild turn up right off the bat in this one and uh I don't know like I'm 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 probably not going to play a whole ton of it just because like this kind of game I don't know I don't I don't find it that interesting but it's pretty well, wild Well that's like, what I, I mean can... by boring what you just said like the the premise the isn't boring the gameplay itself is boring like running around Oh, but I, yeah, but I mean, the experience of playing it, I did not find boring as much as like the gameplay was kind of mindless. Like I was like laughing and kind of just like, this is a trip. Like, this is cool. Like I, I was, I was fine with it when I was playing it. Sure. But that's mm. just the novelty of it, of it all of like throwing 10 bombs at once at like these giant hordes of moments, the actual gameplay. But yeah, I mean, I just didn't, I found it very stale. I, I just was, these Dynasty Warriors style games are just so uninteresting to me that I just bounce right off them. And yes, even when it's like a, a game in the same world that's continuing the story of one of my favorite games of the, of the decade, um, I just have no interest in playing more. So I don't really have a lot to say about that. Um, any other final thoughts on fall games from YouTube before we move on to one more thing. I just want to say I really want to play Fuser and Tetris Effect Connected as well. I have not played either of them, but I would like to. I have That's Fuser all. downloaded <laughs> and I want to play. This is Harmonix's new mashup game and I haven't yes. played it either. Um, I liked DJ Hero. I only played a little bit of Me that too. game, but I thought it I was mean, really clever. good, but it's like almost good and Fuser apparently is like the next rung on the ladder of like, it also has some problems yeah. from what I hear with the DJ concept that sure. it's doing, but like it's closer to what you want it to be and I don't know, I just think I'm going to enjoy it when just, I get to it. The fact that Harmonix made Rock Band VR the most incredible music <laughs> game that no one will ever play will yeah. always make me love Harmonix. That game is bonkers and like, I, I bet you that like one out of every 
500 listeners of this episode will have played it <laughs> and like no one even knows what it is and like fuser feels very niche as well and um mm-hmm. yeah i want to check it out to that. and i yeah. love tetris effect so i'd love to check out the uh, the updated one yeah maybe we'll talk about those on future apps who yeah. knows oh and i played a yeah. little bit of pikmin 3 deluxe mm-hmm. i've never played a pikmin oh, right? before that'll be my one more thing i think a little later that game rules <laughs> but i mean everyone knows that game rules <laughs> like, yeah it's one of those that's like sitting on my switch waiting to be played and i just haven't had time to fantastic. just like really it's like starcraft really chew into it um there's one more fall game that i'm really interested in which is immortal phoenix rising aka gods and monsters so i'll be checking that out in the near future and talk about it also in a future aka weth of the briled (laughs) which i'm very much looking for oh god jesus i don't know i just switched two letters and like it's kind of the same but you could i mean you could come up with something clever like breath of the mild or something like that yeah but is it mild we don't know that it's mild yet i don't want to i don't want to we'll brainstorm let's brainstorm a little bit on this one okay we'll workshop let's take this one back to the workshop all right why don't we take a quick break and then we'll be back for one more thing Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Kilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I stand, I stand up. I've been doing stand up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I too am a stand up comic since 1984. And uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show, and you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. (laughs) And I would encourage you not to. Hey, friends. Jesse here, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have some really great news to share with you. This year has brought a lot of changes for all of us. And one tradition that we were grateful to be able to hold on to is our annual pin sale to benefit charity. This year, through your generosity and love of pins, you helped raise $95,400 for Give Directly. If you're a member and you bought pins, they'll ship in January. In the meantime, your support will provide direct cash relief to families impacted by COVID-19 across the United States. Even in this incredibly tough year, the Max Fund community remains extraordinarily kind. And whether or not you bought pins, you can continue to help by heading to givedirectly.org. And as always, thank you. And we are back. Kirk, Maddie, it is time for one more thing. Uno more thing uno mas <laughs> that's mas? Of, mm-hmm. uno mas that's the, the the extent of my spanish is uno one uno more thing good job you should call good this job. one more once which is uh, a reference that i will explain on our mel brooks beans cast later <laughs> let's try it one more once <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. that's a good teaser for for mm-hmm. members only you have to subscribe if you want to <laughs> if you want to hear what kirk meant just said um kirk why don't you give it to us give us your one more once <laughs> My one more once, let's do it. One more once um, is Star Wars Squadrons, another fall game that we didn't talk about in the earlier segment, but uh, I already did as a one more thing once and am now back playing because it finally works with my virtual reality setup. So 
And I also played a bunch of it on a screen as well. And I have like a kind of more thorough take on this game, though I haven't finished it yet. This game's really good. Um, it kind of had a, a difficult run on PC. It had some technical issues that like people were pretty upset about, even though I think a lot of people just had a good time with it. But they've been patching it a lot and updating it a lot and releasing, you know, big new fixes. They've been sort of doing that really consistent update thing with seems to me like good communication they released a whole big update with like updated virtual reality stuff and at the same time oculus updated their like link software and brought it out of beta and for whatever reason now when i play the game this is the steam version of the game with an oculus uh, quest 2 it works great so this game uh really rules it's really really cool it's I, it's the kind of Star Wars game I hope we get more of, just like, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Jedi, what, what, I want to say Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, but that wasn't it. Yes, Jedi Fallen <laughs> Order. These names all kind of blend together. Um, just like Jedi Fallen Order was uh, when that came out. It just feels like a good single-player Star Wars dogfighting game that is deeper than I would have thought. Like, the sim level of it is actually pretty rich, and when you're in the ship, particularly when you're in VR, you're in the cockpit, the cockpit is, like, completely fully realized, and everything in it reacts the way that it would in that ship. And because you're fighting on two sides of this conflict, you're like flying TIE interceptors and TIE fighters and also X-wings and A-wings, and the ships are all really different, and you get this feel for each of their cockpits. And I think if you really get into the multiplayer, because there's competitive multiplayer in this game, that's kind of when you get really good. But man, I mean, even playing it on a screen, and I'm playing with a HOTAS, so with a like stick and throttle, which is a fun way to play, I think. Even just on a screen, it was cool. And then, of course, in VR, you just... In some ways, it feels a little bit like uh, every VR game that I've played has been building up to this game, like has, or has been. Like, <laughs> the first VR game I played, I got like a dev kit to of the Oculus Rift and played a bunch of Elite Dangerous. And that game mm. was in beta and the dev kit was a dev kit. And it was still this feeling of like, okay, what I really want to be doing though is like flying an X-Wing against like a Star Destroyer. <laughs> like, and right. this is cool, but it's not quite that. And so now I get to finally do that. And there's just a thing that happens when you play a space flight like flying game in vr where you're like you know you're shooting at a tie fighter and then it like wings up above you and you look up and like follow it over through the roof of your cockpit and you're like pulling the stick back and following it with your eyes like and turning your head all around and it's just a thing that is crazy like it's an experience that never stops being awesome so this game is really cool i think the people who worked on it did a great job they seem excited they're like releasing unplanned dlc for it there's like b-wings are coming to the game so it's just nice to see a good Star Wars game that's getting like unexpected post-release support and that people generally seem into and that I certainly have had a lot of fun with. So I have two two fun facts about this game. First of all, the director of this game is a guy named Ian Fraser, who is actually uh, featured pretty prominently in a chapter of my new book, Press Reset, mm. Recovery in the Video Game Industry. He he had a pretty lead role at um, Big Huge Games, which was a maker oh, okay. of Kingdoms okay. of Amalur. I was wondering which chapter it would be. Reckoning. And he also um, was a big part of like the transition from Big Huge Games that I won't get super into, but but he Don't has a pretty prominent book. role in the book. Don't want to spoil it. And then he worked <laughs> on the ill-fated Mass Effect Andromeda before he wound up mm. becoming a director once EA. So once, once Bioware Montreal was closed, he moved over to EA Motive, which is in uh, also in Montreal, also EA nice. Studio in Montreal, and, and wound up leading this project. Um, another fun fact is that I've heard 
with the caveat that I have not talked to every single person who worked on this game, I've heard from at least a few people who worked on this game that it was like a reasonable production without a ton of like like long hours, and hmm. it wasn't the type of AAA game experience that people have to kill themselves making. And I think one of the big reasons for that is that it's like very focused and knows exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Small scope. It's not like a massive AAA open world extravaganza. It's like a forty dollar. Like here's what we're making enjoy it or don't enjoy it it's very specific for a very specific group of people and it's just like it's a, a, the type of game that is like ideal for for big publishers to to be making because it's so specific yeah i would love more games like this and it shows because like it it has all of the glitz and glamour where it matters when you're in the ship dogfighting with other ships it looks rad and is great and then yeah the cutscenes are mostly just shots of ships with people talking over them there are characters you talk to in the hangar but they're all kind of standing still and they're animated and voice acted and lip sync but it's not you know super elaborate we're going to make a new star wars movie in the cutscenes kind of thing it's like right. much 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 more chill which is fine because i'm here for the like space dogfighting and that's really great so that's cool to hear Right. It's very much, it's like not the type of game that's going to win Game of the Year awards the way that like Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk and these games that do embrace crunch culture are going to compete over it. But it's so focused. And actually, I mean, it's sort of similar production wise to Hades, which is going to win Game of the Year awards and is one of our <laughs> favorite crossed. games of the year. And it's also a game where like its creators have been pretty outspoken about avoiding oh, yeah. crunch. And they clearly came into it with like a very focused direction, a reasonable scope. And just like more, more of these games is just just like gonna be a pro for everybody more of these games with like variable pricing so you don't have to spend 70 dollars on a game that might last you only a few hours and just like with very specific direction and smaller teams and smaller scopes is that's that's the only way we can really have a healthier video game industry but i digress maddie what's your one more thing hey so i reread the diary of anne frank which is a book that i read as a child like a lot of children in the united states have done and for whatever reason, in the few weeks before the election, this book and the idea of it just got really stuck in my brain mm. because that was a very doom time period. <laughs> Not to say we aren't still constantly facing doom because we are, and we don't have to talk about that here, but it just <laughs> the, you know, the, the comparisons to the rise of fascism in Germany were running pretty hot and heavy there's during that time There's a cloud lifted. It's okay to, like, there's, there's definitely yeah, a cloud lifted. There was, there was certainly some moments in there where we were worried that maybe we'd have a totalitarian dictator who, and maybe democracy wouldn't exist anymore. So I was kind of like thinking about the Diary of Anne Frank and also the idea of being stuck inside and just the comparisons to it that people make, which I think have typically been pretty glib, actually, and like... I don't know. There's plenty of uh, weird statements that people make about the Holocaust and then also very fair comparisons that people make. And so I don't know. I was thinking about all of that. And then after Biden won, I was kind of like, this idea won't leave my head. I still really want to reread this book Mm. and see what I think about it now. So I did that. And I don't actually recommend anyone do this because it was deeply depressing. I think (laughs) the only reason why I could do it was because I at least knew that we weren't about to descend, or at least I really, really hope we're not about to descend into fascism. But I sort of read it at the right time for my brain. And it was a really interesting experience to read as an adult, because as a kid, I did not have the capacity to understand what I was reading. And I I think a lot of kids don't, unless they've undergone some significant trauma, um, or just live in a country where 
that's all around them or, or what have you, but that wasn't the case for me. So I, I didn't really have a sense of understanding about what I was reading and what it was really like. But reading it as an adult, it's so much more sad and intense and also good. So if that's a brain experience you want to have, you could do what I did and read the diary of Anne Frank. But I don't know. I No one is me. Why would anyone do this? <laughs> but I did it. And uh, cool book and very tragic. That seems like a reasonable review of the diary of Anne Frank. Right? Like it's never going to be like four stars. Unforgettable. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's always going to be something like the Schindler's yeah. list of books. No, the Schindler's list of books. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I've actually never read. Oh, it, you should read it, Kirk. If you've never read it, I think it's... It, I guess I'll say that. If you're a listener who's never read it, you should read it. Yeah. Because there's I, a reason I, why I'd people like talk about it so Especially much. Especially if you're, if you're a listener who's one of the 20% of Americans who doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. Well, by all means. I doubt any of them listen to this show. But I, <laughs> I would say I would say the, the, the main tragedy of the book is... I mean, why do, I can't pick a main one. But one of the many tragedies of the book is how beautifully written it is and how much Anne Frank wanted mm-hmm. to be a writer, actually wanted the diary to be published. And she's so good. I don't know. That... Hmm. That part of it is really hard. Well, it's actually, I mean, that 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 there's a silver lining there in that if she right. had survived, maybe nobody would have heard of her as a writer and she's become a legend. I I'm, think they would have because she would have been an incredibly good author. Yeah, it, we'll that's never possible. Know. That's possible. But she's certainly a legend in, in the writing. She story. is, um, which I, I also, think is what she would have wanted, which is something that feels kind of good and less yeah, weird is, about reading nice. a 13 year old's right. diary is being yeah. like, well, she actually would have wanted you to read it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting experience. I also read it as a kid. It's a very different experience, I think, when you're you're the descendant of Holocaust survivors yeah. and you've heard stories about like your your great aunt hiding in a cave for a year. Um, I'm sure it's, it's very it's much more personal. So as a kid, if you're reading it with that context, in right, mind, right, I'm sure it's very different like, for you. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, good, good, good book. Nice, um, Jason. What's your uh, what's your one more thing? Yeah, so my one more thing is The Queen's Gambit, which you guys were talking about last hey. week. I yeah, finished cool it all now we've all since watched last it. week. Um, really good. I feel like more series, just like games, more series should be limited series because they're so much more yeah. palatable and like feel like they're telling a full story. And I really enjoyed this. It's shot really well. The dialogue's really good. The acting's really good. The characters are great. The lead actress is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. But even, even like... Borgov, the the Russian chess player who yeah. doesn't say anything, is just like so good at like even slight ticks with his face that um, I just really enjoyed his performance and um, yeah, just really enjoyable show. It made me start like made me want to play chess a lot. So I've <laughs> yeah. been like playing playing online against computer chess. Chess is very it's an interesting game because it's such a game about planning and about anticipating. And I totally do not. I'm like okay at it, but I don't have like the skills of like being able to anticipate exactly what's going to happen three, four, five moves from now, um, which I think is kind of necessary if you're going to be a master of chess. Um, and we got to see that in the show with her just like visualizing boards on on, on like her every possible ceiling scenario. and seeing yeah. it mm-hmm. all unfold. And I really think I think that's kind of I'm sure you can get there with practice, but I also think a lot of it is so innate having that ability to plan that um, if you're if you're smart, I feel like you can you can definitely hit a certain level of chess and you can be decent at it. But like unless you have that skill of like really just anticipation and planning 
explaining and and memorizing um, that I think you 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 really just can't hit the the highest echelons. The that. article that I linked last week um, with Gary Kasparov talking about oh chess. I haven't read that oh yet. you should I check it to. out because it's cool he talks about the different kinds of chess players and how. Um, her character Beth is that her name is is sort of one type and that there were types traditionally um, who would play in this more like instinctual intuitive intuitive way like that show, is a yeah. thing that's not like invented for the show where most you know like a, a lot of chess players I think play in a more strategic way but that that was a thing and that he talks a little bit also about substance abuse and how there were mm-hmm. famous chess players who were alcoholics he's like these days I don't think so he's like I just don't think it would be possible to do the mental work and then also play so he's like I don't know of anybody who is like you know doing that but he's like but back in the day it was totally a thing and she is this kind of collected you know a collection of different types of archetypes into this one fictional character um on the limited series thing i'm totally with you uh i've been thinking about how watchmen was so good because it ended and then i was yeah talking, that's another example i was yeah. talking with a friend of ours yeah. about how cool it would have been if um westworld had just ended after season one <laughs> and i was like that would have been like a show that everyone talked about still and it would have been like man what a cool season of a show that was. And it ended with maybe some like teases, but then it just ended instead mm-hmm. of being like, and now season two and it's uh, going to be a weird mess and everyone's going to start not liking it. And then season three will be even weirder. And now everyone's yep. just like, it basically never happened and people don't talk about it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, more limited series. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much content to just consume everywhere <laughs> that it just feels like having things that are just scoped back and like aren't just bloated for the sake of being bloated or like, especially with like your Netflix and Amazon, like it's not like a show needs to be syndicated no. anymore. It needs to be extended. Right. And having time. an ending. I love the ending of this show. I think it's because it's so clearly is just this. It, the, it make, the whole thing is such a fantasy and that's fine like I'm okay with it not being this like gritty look at history and I, you know I, I didn't get that out of it at all it was it's just based on a fictional story it should be noticed based yeah, right on based, yeah, on, a based a on a book um, and, um, and I like I like that it ends I like and I like that Watchmen ended and I like I've been watching a lot of movies lately. We're going to talk about movies uh, on the Beans cast. Like, even movies comedies. End. They end. It's they have endings. And, and that is just a great feeling. Nothing friggin' ends anymore. And it's, it is really nice. When... Love credits. Love to see those mm-hmm. credits roll. And it's just like, boom, <laughs> finish. Move on to the next thing. You're done. <laughs> it's, it's a good yep. feeling. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the creators of Better Call Saul, which is my favorite like live ongoing show, announced that it would be over after like this next season, season six, I believe. It's like and the most exciting announcement a, a showrunner yeah, can make. It's such a cool thing to hear. <laughs> we are ending, um, especially it. after yeah. the show has been just like great for a while, and it's just like okay, we're we're ending on a high note. And they did I remember... that with uh, with Shira. That actually that show recently ended, and they were like, we're ending it, and it just ended. And it's like a great ending. And I was like, oh, how nice that this just yeah, ended. So many of those so Netflix good. animated shows don't end too, and they just kind of always new seasons. So, the first time the first time I ever remember this happening was in the middle of Lost and it was like yep. season three of Lost and it was just kind of dragging and it was one of those things where they were clearly like it was so hit or miss every week and they were dragging on all these mysteries and stories and secrets mm-hmm. and there was one episode Stranger in a Strange Land that is like renowned as like the worst Lost episode it was like is that the tattoos like, episode? Jack getting tattoos in yeah, Thailand yeah. yep 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 um, and the the teaser for that episode like if you watched uh, the commercials live before it was like this. three big Big questions will be answered, mm-hmm. and there were no questions answered. It was at like, all. where did Jack get his tattoo? It was literally <laughs> yeah, that the, was question the question they were referring where did, to. Where yeah. did he get his tattoos? Um, so, anyway, so shortly after that episode. <laughs> Fuck Lost. Ugh. Why do we talk about Lost so much? 
We talked no, about it a I lot. No, it was weird. an important TV show. And like for the it reason was, you're saying. Just, I love it and I hate Lost. It's we're like all traumatized destiny. from it. <laughs> Lost is the destiny of TV. <laughs> destiny of TV shows. It is kind <laughs> it of is. like an important template for a lot that came I after. I thought you meant it's like destiny to like us. Like in the sense well, that, that it's too. something we all have to talk about. It is about. our destiny. <laughs> yes, that too. But also, no, it is like destiny. It, yeah, it yeah, went yeah. on for too long. Um, <laughs> the mysteries, it set up a bunch of mysteries and then never resolved them. Um, but it served as like a cultural touchstone for like a lot of future future episodes future media to come in in its in its media you're reminding me that i didn't talk about beyond light on this show and i played some of it we have to end the podcast so i don't talk oh man i forgot to add that to the list (laughs) we'll come back to it i might play a little bit more at some point i might i might not i checked it out (laughs) just to finish to finish what i was saying before shortly after stranger in a strange land which is just unanimously terrible um the creators of lost announced Mm -hmm. hey uh they they actually negotiated with the tv network which at that point, like in 2007, whenever it was, TV networks wanted shows to keep going and going forever because mm-hmm. they're all cash yeah. cows, especially Lost. Lost is bringing in so many millions of viewers every every week. So they negotiated three more seasons, each like 13 episodes, and then we're done. And it was good and it was a relief and it just made the show. I mean, the last season of the show was still terrible, but, yeah, um, that's but it what still I was just thinking. helped the show. But, uh, yeah. uh, it but ended and it that ended, was what yes. was good. It had Juliet and Sawyer at the vending machine and come on it had it had juliet and sawyer at the vending machine it wasn't all bad yeah there are parts of it that were great but yeah, like no. the flash we, sideways we, and we like don't the have temple to go and... over the whole finale of life <laughs> right, we'll save it for the lost beans Stay cast. Tuned for i bet people really want a lost podcast. beans cast yeah. i would do that in a heartbeat oh lost God. beans cast but then we would uh, have podcast. to rewatch all of laws though yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be worth it all right mm. so <laughs> Let's say goodbye for this week. We will be back next week with two episodes for subscribers. On Monday, we'll be posting the Mel Brooks Beans cast. So sign up, become a MaxFun member if you haven't already. Um, And then next week, we will be back for another episode. And because this episode is coming out on Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll see you both next week. See you next week. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.